Listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Jay-Z Clark joins me and we'll dissect last night's game between Port Adelaide and the Saints. Jay-Z will look at Marcus Bontepalli in game 200 and talk about the Blues and the danger game that presents them this weekend. Uh, Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk on this Saturday, the 29th of April. Joey here with Jay-Z Clark and as I welcome in Jay-Z, we'll have a look at last night's footy between Port Adelaide and St Kilda. We'll touch on some of the weekend's games coming up and also touch on a couple of the big news stories and there's plenty floating around. And how are you on this Saturday morning? Oh, I'm good to be speaking to you, Joey. You know I love my Saturday mornings with you, mate, to discuss the big Friday night game and there was some big stories to come out of this, but I thought it was more Port Adelaide then St Kilda, I thought St Kilda boxed on and, you know, pretty solid performance. But for, for Port Adelaide, can I ask you quickly about the coaching uh, situation around um, Ken Hinckley? Is he not coaching his socks off at the minute? So he's at – they've had one of the toughest runs um, in the game, Port Adelaide, and he's taken them inside the top four. What are they now? Five and two. Five and two out of seven. You see him on the bench last night. The players couldn't love him or adore him anymore. And they hung in there after being three goals down against St Kilda early. A few tweaks. You've got a player who's being booed and bullied, I would say now. And maybe we'll get to Jason on Francis in a second. But Ken Hinkley, if he was available at the end of the year, how many clubs would you have snap him up? Yeah, well, that's right. And first of all, it was congratulations to Port Adelaide. Seven point winners. St Kilda jumped out of the blocks. And Port, as you said, found a way to get back in the contest and then overrun St Kilda, my view, in, in summary of the game, I reckon it was two good teams yep. playing against each other. Mm-hmm. Someone had to win. Um, I don't think St Kilda lost too many admirers, but no. you're right, Port Adelaide were the story. And you're right, Ken Hinkley, he's, he's coaching beautifully. I've, I've, I think I've, I've been on record as saying I think he's a terrific coach. Um, I understand it's his last year of his contract, so there's going to be plenty of noise. And I, I think the club have handled it in a real mature way. Let's wait until the end of the year yep. to find out what it looks like. Yep. Is he the right man to continue on? Do they need a fresh voice? Do they need to find a better coach? There's still plenty to play out, but at the moment, they're doing a lot right, and, and he's still the, the man for the job. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, if he was to become available, there'd be plenty of interest in him because so far the storyline's been about he's a coach under pressure. How bad the storyline becomes, he's a very good coach because yeah. that's what I feel like um, we are seeing. Now, the difference for St Kilda last night, I spoke to Ross Lyon after the game, and he said they thought there was four giveaway goals in the back half where their their uh, turnovers in the in the defensive fifty sort of cost St Kilda. They led to direct goals. I think Josh Battle got caught with a footy when he played on once. Uh, Callum Wilkie got um, told to play on not fifteen, got tackled on the goal line, led to a goal. So there were a couple of turnovers. Liam Stocker in the first half, I think, kicked it straight to maybe Travis Boak or um, Finn Lason, excuse me. So he was sort of saying that aside from those give-up goals in the back 50, he thought they were just about, um, you know, 50-50. So I think St Kilda, though they didn't get the points, certainly I thought, in a sense, it was another bit of a tick for them, really. Well, another, you compare the two to li- Well, that's right. Two it's a, it was a bit like the loss to Collingwood. You walk away from it and go, you know what, they're going to be hard to beat St Kilda. Of course they're not going to win every game and they're yep. going to drop a heap more games. Yep. But you go, if you continue to play that way, they're going to be in, they're going to win more games than they lose yep. and they're going to be really um, hard to beat. So, yeah, I don't think they lost too many admirers. I do think, though, watching it now, Max King, you start to think they need to get him back. <laughs> Just their forward connection. Mm. You know, they've been getting away with wins and that small ball of the, the smaller lineup and – you know, Caminiti and um, and sort of Mitch Owens have been doing a great job. But I reckon as the season yep. goes on a bit and teams can scout St Kilda a bit more, they need Big Macs yep. back there to, to get their scoring power. So that, that'll that come in the next few weeks. Port Adelaide 
were awesome. I thought their midfielders again were terrific. You spoke about Jason Horn Francis. I mean, God, what a what a year he's having as yeah. a second year player. He's been awesome with uh, with obviously Butters and uh, Rosie was a bit quiet, but Travi Boak and Ollie Wines were all very good. Toby Ross did the job on kind of Rosie. Yeah. I kept think he kept him to seven first half uh, possessions. I think the best and worst St Kilda's problem the past couple of years for me has been the the, the gap between the best and worst has been enormous. Yep. So in the last two years they've lost twenty three games, counting these last night over a glass of Shiraz Joey. Mm. I think 10 of them have been by more than 30 points or 35 points. So half their losses really have been sort of big losses or bigger blowouts, if you know what I mean. St Kilda didn't get the points last night, but they were right in the contest. So they're not going to be blown away. Therefore, the gap between their best and worst footy clearly decreases. They're a much more consistent footy team. You agree with Absolutely. And that was the criticism, even though people said, oh, they're eight and three under Brett Ratton. But even with those wins and losses, it was yep. very inconsistent. Yes. When they got on a roll, they were great. But when they weren't, they played really poorly. So that's, that's what Ross has been able to do. They're yep. playing an honest brand, and they'll be competitive, but uh, well done to Port Adelaide. Can I ask you about Horn Francis, yeah. right? Like, I think this has become one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in football, Yeah, that Jason Horn Francis would continue to be booed. He's got North Melbourne in two weeks' time, right? So in 15 days' time, he's going to meet the eye of the storm. Yep. Horn Francis is going to come up against his own team. North Melbourne fans are going to boo. That's I get fine. it. Yep, that's going to happen. He walked out on the club, yep. right? That's yep. fine. Why in the hell are Collingwood Western Bulldogs and St Kilda fans booing this absolute kid? And you know what, Joey? I'm starting to worry for him. Is he going to be bullied out of the game, right? (laughs) 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 Is he enjoying his football? Well, I I I would hope so. They're winning and he's playing well. And to be fair, so I was at the game last night and – I must say, first of all, it was a small section of St Kilda supporters because it wasn't everyone because we were sitting around and there actually started to be some murmurs like, stop booing. Why are these people booing? So there is a section. Some frustration. Some, yeah, there was from St Kilda people and there was someone actually shouted out, stop booing. So there was a section of St Kilda people. I am fascinated why they're booing. Mm. I actually don't know. I would love to know why they are booing. Is it on people? Is, Sheep. Yeah, is it indirect at Cane Corns, which is some suggestion? <laughs> is it? Is it just because... They've been told not to boo. Is it because mm. they don't even know why? They just think it's funny. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a bias story. I don't think it's a massive thing where everybody is picking on Horn France. There are some How do you think he's feeling about it? No, he'd be, he'd be, they've spoken about it. It's, it's bemusing. It's frustrating. It would be absolutely annoying. But I think when you keep it in context, there's small sections of fans. Jay-Z, we know it's some footy fans. We don't upset footy fans, but there are some footy fans that are pretty <laughs> they're pretty bogan. They're pretty simple. No, I'm being serious, aren't they? There's a section that are just pretty simple that are oh. booing because they think it's funny or I don't really know. But I wouldn't be taking it to heart and run him out of the game like you might be suggesting. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm a bit sensitive, <laughs> Joey. Yeah. A, bit, a bit on that. Oh, but, no, uh, it's if it was me, I'd probably curl up in the corner. <laughs> well, having seen my Twitter feed this week, I probably should have. Um, hey, have you heard the change about Ross Lyon? No. You know how he's cuddly, Ross? Yep. He's become comedy, Ross. At 24 hours before the game last night, he wasn't uh, watching edits and stressing about the game. He was watching Dave Chappelle, he said, right? And that led him to this uh, take on uh, Jason Horn Francis Ross, the boss. So he didn't want to get caught up in the storm, but inadvertently, he had some strong words to say on the Port Adelaide Youngstar. People were doing a mob that they wouldn't do as individuals, so maybe just check yourself and don't do that. There's a lot of mental stress on players. If you're doing it to put him off his game, which I make an assumption you are, well, clearly doesn't work, which is good for the kid. <laughs> so maybe don't boo him. And then, you know, I watched Dave Chappelle last night and spoke about people punching down on people. Let's not punch down on a 19-year-old. Very good. Very good call for a oh, second-year player. Was he played 20 games? Hey, um, Do you think you... Dave Chappelle's he stole? But... 
Hey, when he was coached by you, was he watching Eddie Murphy? No way. Eddie Murphy. We smiled pre-game. We used to get in trouble. Now he's cracking gags. He's jumping on the Sunday. Last week he was on the Sunday rub, half an hour before the game, cracking gags, and he's watching Dave Chappelle. Come on, Rossi. Oh, fantastic. Hey, Jack Jack Billings is in the twos, right? Um, And Nick Caulfield um, has hurt his calf. I think he's a couple of months away now. They They know they're getting Max King back. Set a high bar, St Kilda, and and previously a guy like Jack Billings has been able to pick and choose whenever he wants to play to walk in the side. I'm interested to see what happens with the selection here. Does Jack Billings come straight into the St Kilda footy footy team? No, hell no, no. I, it, it's really interesting with the St Kilda, and we'll, we'll get off the Saints in a minute. But everyone's still talking about this big injury list. I honestly think Max King's probably the only one to walk back into the starting team. Mm. Maybe Daniel McKenzie, maybe. But other than that, and all the talk about Caulfield and Webster and Billings and these, I think those guys are on their fringe players and yeah. they're probably depth players mm. because Ryan Burns has gone past and Mason Woods gone past some of them, um, you know, some some of the other half backs and half forwards. So I actually think that St Kilda's in, you know, got most of the players they want playing. Yeah, there's only a few of those depth players that will add and be the good. You need them, you know, some depth players, but they're not walking walking best twenty two. I haven't had a lot of sleep, Joe. So tell me if I'm wrong here, right? But when did Mason Wood become Isaac Smith? He's I know. Ball, he's ball I know. Use. It's amazing. What has happened to this guy? <laughs> he's having a wonderful year. Did so he good. suddenly become someone else? I sat on the table with his mum and his uh, girlfriend for uh, his hundredth game last night, so I got to meet them. So it's a it's a great story. Mm-hmm. So well done, Tim. But let's move off that game right. because Port Adelaide got the chocolates. Two good teams. I think they'll both play finals. One more. Can One I toast more. the player? Mike Sheen said what we should do more is put players on a pedestal, Good right? Can I can I toast a, a player? Yes. Travis Bogue. Yeah. He's played a zillion games. Yep. Last night he was influential as ever. Yeah. Experience like I think you've said this over the journey. Geez, we get rid of our 30-year-olds too quickly. How good was Travis Bogue last night? Very good. 12 months ago, we were talking about, oh, is he going to go on? And he was just about close to best on last night. Anyway, The influence of older players. There's 40 players on the list. You can keep one or two veterans. They don't have to play every week. They're not going to be your best players, but they are still influential. So, well done. Hey, I want to get some news off you after the break, and we'll have a quick look at some of the other games. If you're listening to Footy Talk on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Listener, please hit a like or a review. New episode every day at lunchtime. You're listening to Footy Talk, where you get all the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL here with Jay-Z Clark. Jay, let's have a look to the rest of the weekend, and there are a couple of teams that are under the pump. Where would you like to start? Well, Carlton is the most fascinating story, I think, uh, across uh, this weekend because, look, they should really towel up West Coast. You look at the two sides of difference. Carlton's in top four mode. West Coast has been absolutely depleted. So they should be a, a sitting duck for them. But I just worry a little bit because I reckon Carlton have been underwhelming, unimpressive so far this season, and the ball movement really blows my mind. And I know this is your um, uh, this is your area of expertise, Joey. But why are they using the corridor, the second least? Why are they going forwards, the second least? If you've got two twin towers, like you got Nick Rewalt and Justin Kizitsky, they got Harry McKay, they got Charlie McKerno. What do these big forwards want more than anything? Get the ball down there quickly. Isolate. On their poor defenders. One-on-one. On one. Give well, them a chance. It is mystifying that they are going slow and wide. And the, all the data suggests over the first six weeks that they're not only going slow and wide, they're going the slowest and the widest of teams in any teams in the competition. Adam Saad back. I know they've been missing Williams and Doherty. But foot to the floor. Foot to the floor has got to be the message and should be the back page headline tomorrow after Carlton reignite their season against one of the bunnies. How? What are you making of the Blues? Because this is like they can't afford, the wheels can't wobble tonight. 
No, they can't. It's a, just a must win. Otherwise, the pressure will come. And to be honest, West Coast have been plucky. They've been pretty good. I did the West Coast Port Adelaide game last week, and mm-hmm. the only thing the West Coast are lacking is another key defender. So Tom Barras is like a one-man wall back there, but then they've got Rotham and a few other guys as their second. So Bazo. it is a chance. Yeah, it is a chance for Mackay and Kurnow to lick their lips like they did against the Kangaroos and get back in a bit of form. But yes, the method is a bit surprising that they are not going a bit more forward and direct. They don't have to play reckless like Collingwood. I I understand every team doesn't have to go that way, but certainly I would be thinking you want to give your forwards more of a chance. So I reckon they'll address it. I think that's a bit more of maybe a confidence thing, bit of method, and no doubt having Saad and Doherty back this week will help. And Sam Walsh now, who is that line breaker. Hopefully they go forward more, and these mids actually get involved in score involvement, so not just rack up. 35 touches that go sideways. It's like when you're playing chess, Joey. I don't know if you're a big chess man. I but do you, like chess. But you've got to attack with your queen, right? You're a team. Your queen. You can't sit back with your queen. You've got to attack with your Didn't queen. Know that. Do you Is know that true? That, yeah, that's true. So ah, that's why. the queen. Yes. That, that's how, um, that's how Good. you win. What about What's any like, other? What else? Oh, the big can news? I ask you about just a quick yeah. on Harry McKay? Like yes. The technique, right? Yep. Would it be worth, and clubs can be very insular mm-hmm. around this at times. Mm-hmm. Would you get Stevie Johnson? No. He's the best. No. The game has ever seen. <laughs> No, there's nothing wrong with his snapping and there's nothing wrong with oh, his... Did you see him belly that yes. one from 40 yes. metres so, out? Have you seen him last year and the year before be a very good snapper? Mm. He, it's For him, it's mental. So what I'm getting, I understand this talk about getting someone in to teach... I think for Harry Mackay, it's mental. He's lost confidence. Yeah. He's not sure what he wants to do. Mm. He needs to dr- uh, drill in with someone at the club in a mental capacity what it looks like, because I bet you at training he's, he's kicking his goals. Yep. So it's a mental confidence thing yep. that he needs to work on and they'll get through that. Don't you just kick a drop punt when you get to 40 out? Or am I missing? I would think so. Paddy Wright used to do, do it. Do you know what Bailey Fritch does? Someone they said the other So Bailey Fritch, if you watch him in a warm-up, he goes and stands on the wing and stands from what he's – so one guy stands at the point of the square one end, the forward coach, and he stands the other. And he just practices kicking the ball straight, just kicking a drop punt along the line because that's all goal kicking is. Mm. It's kicking a ball straight. Mm. So if you said to Harry Mackay, I'll go and stand 40 metres away mm. and you kick the ball to me, do you reckon Harry Mackay would kick it to you? He'd probably know you. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's all it is with goal kicking. It's just a mental hurdle of aiming between the big sticks. Everybody in the AFL can kick a ball straight. Yeah. You should put this on Spotify or some sort of um, goal kicking meditation thing. That's right. It's an app hey, you can- anyone that's listening, if you want to improve <laughs> your goal kicking, just practice kicking a ball straight from one point to another and then apply the exact same thing in between the goals and it'll go straight. Hey, will Marcus Bontempelli be the greatest bulldog of all time? Uh, it's a great question, but it's hard for me because I never saw Teddy Witten and a few of these guys. But I, I mean, I'm more of a recency bias guy. I, yep. I want to put Franklin and Gary Ablett Jr. in the top five of all time, and I get shot down because, you know, all these other old players have to be there. Yes. So I think, yes, he will be. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a um, phenomenal player. Well, the first time I saw him at a TAC Cup game, this is horribly self indulgent, but I did message someone and said, gee whiz, this kid reminds me of Scott Pendlebury because he was lifting his arms. Oh. And the left-hand handball out of clearance. So, you know what's um, annoyed me what? about Bontempelli? What? For a while there, I was one of the better players that come out of Marcelin. <laughs> and then Marcus Bontempelli comes along and everyone forgot about me pretty quick. Oh, you've been fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, Xavier Dersme, we did mention him too. PCL, that could, um, if in a worst-case scenario, that could eight or more. Really? Four to six months in the worst-case scenario. We hope it's not that for Xavier Dersmer because he's had a horrible run with injuries. 
finally gets a bit of a crack at it. He's been good over the first seven rounds and uh, is back on the sideline. So we're thinking of you, Xavier. Let's finish, Rose. Let's finish. What will be the headline on Monday's paper after the weekend's footy? Where do you think we're going to be talking? What are we going to be talking about? It's got to be a navy blue bounce back, doesn't it, for Michael Voss and his men as they give the Eagles a nice little stitch up and show that they can move the ball quickly as Mackay and Kerno bag eight goals between them. Probably a little bit long for a headline, but you get where I'm going with that, Got Joey. it. Like it. Well done, Jay-Z. Enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk, and we'll be back tomorrow to analyse all around the grounds and have a look at the North Melbourne v Melbourne game and West Coast v Carlton. Listener.